Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Bunny Michael, and you're listening to Exo Higher Self Advice and Healing, the podcast where you ask me for advice and I help get you to the place within yourself where you already have the answer. The truth is we all have a deep wisdom inside of us that's not easy to access in a world of trauma, chaos, and bias conditioning. Connecting with your higher self is the process of peeling back those layers to recognize you've always been enough and you deserve so much more than you realize. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. everybody. Welcome to another episode. How you doing? How's it going? How's your week looking? Um, I know astrologically it's like eclipses are happening. It's eclipse season. So there might be some heavy feelings out there. Just know that whatever you're going through is temporary. Whether it's like, you know, something amazing that just happened or even something that happened that was kind of shitty. What happens is always temporary. It just is. But we're grounded in our truth that isn't temporary, that is eternal, that we are enough right now, no matter what the hell's going on in our life, right? So let's just take the next 20, 25 minutes or so and remember that and just take a deep breath. We are one with our higher selves. We are connecting to our inner power, our light, the awareness of love, the lens in which we see ourselves as whole and we see the wholeness in other people. And on the deepest level, know that we're all on the same journey. All right, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the difficulties of being a compassionate person in this world and having to confront loveless behavior or loveless thinking, especially when it comes to complicated issues around class um, and stuff like that. So let's get to the question. Hi, Bunny. I'm Jana. Thank you so much for doing what you do and answering questions like this. It's very helpful to hear your perspective and and um, hear kind of the struggles that other folks are going through because they're so relatable. I am writing to you with a question that's a little different than the ones you typically answer on the podcast, but I figured I would give it a go because it is haunting me. And I feel like there's this perspective that I'm not quite able to access right now because I'm stuck in my mind and my anxieties. For context, I live in Austin, Texas, in an apartment complex that stretches over a big property. It's technically gated, but there are multiple ways to enter the property without going through that front gate. And so while it has this like guise of enclosure, it's technically quite accessible. Um, but I think that the gate itself lends to a lot of sort of like neighborhood walkie type attitudes inside the community. And I've noticed on our Slack community that folks are often chiming in, talking about their cars being broken into and posting about like, 
you know, shady looking characters who were on the property. And it's like very irksome. Um, but recently it got worse and began escalating when I saw a neighbor post about their car being rifled through their unlocked car being rifled through and how they had their phone, their extra phone, not even their main phone and a flashlight taken from their car and how they were planning to march into the forest and hypothetically roll up on a, an unhoused encampment that's nearby. People were chiming in, kind of rallying, like, oh, I'll, I'll go out there with you. Let me know when you're going. And I got nervous that they were basically going to, like, go threaten and potentially put people in danger. And I chimed in and kind of expressed my grievances and tried to kick up a little bit of empathy for the unhoused people in the area. At the time, we were going through drastic weather conditions and ice storm. and I thought that maybe eliciting some empathy and compassion from people in the area would help, but it did not. And people actually sort of started publicly mocking me and reacting with like laughing faces to what I posted. And it did not go over well. And then fast forward to this past weekend, uh, something similar happened where there was a man who was on the property People were suspicious of him. They called the cops on him. And there was a neighbor that was trailing him. And this neighbor said that the guy had flashed a knife twice. Who knows if that happened before or after he followed him. It doesn't really matter because the same scenario kind of cropped up where there was this immediate suspicion and then a desire to get the cops involved. I again chimed in and posted an article about when it's okay versus not okay to call the cops on homeless people with the TLDR being basically don't do it. And people responded in generally the same way. So I'm now in this situation where I've, I've made my own views on it quite clear. And I was hoping that maybe some people would agree with me. And it did seem like there were a few people who agreed, but they were silent. And the vast majority of vocal people seem to be in the opposite camp. And I don't expect to convert any of those people. Um, but I am questioning how I can engage or if it's even worth it for me to continue engaging. Um, my instinct is to do that and to speak up when I'm seeing something happen that could be potentially dangerous for the unhoused people in the area and could even be dangerous for my neighbors if they were to get themselves involved in a situation where they should not be involved. So I would love any perspective that you can offer on this. I know it's a really robust issue. I know it's very kind of fraught and um, is much bigger than like my isolated action. But I would love any perspective on how to go about this in a way that is thoughtful um, and ideally not reactive. Thank you so much. Hi, love. Well, first I want to commend you for being a voice of compassion for people who rarely have a voice in these situations. We come from a culture that first blames people for their own misfortune. 
That doesn't take into account how difficult it is to survive in our society, to pay rent, to find work, to get mental health treatment or treatment for addiction. It doesn't take into account how the opioid crisis fueled by the greed of the pharmaceutical companies literally created heroin and fentanyl addicts overnight. Or how a racially oppressive system means that 40% of houseless people are black in this country despite making up only 13% of the population. But you know, in many ways, it's easier to blame individuals rather than to have to think about these larger societal issues. That way you can feel more safe, right? Compassion is very scary for people because compassion requires you to see yourself in another person and people don't want to think this could happen to me. People don't want to imagine not knowing where their next meal is coming from or being so desperate for a fix that you risk going to jail to steal a cell phone out of a car. But you know, Your neighbors were taught to see things this way. It's the world that we live in. Compassion also enables us to understand where they are coming from, what LHBs could be fueling their situation, that they're afraid of losing the things that they don't have. They're afraid of losing a sense of safety or of being harmed. Maybe some of them have been victims of crimes before in their life. Maybe they've been sexually assaulted before or robbed by strangers. Maybe they come from a childhood of addiction and or poverty and putting as much distance as they can from any identification with that sense of class or that experience is a way that they can feel safe. It's a way that they can not feel like part of that group anymore. Maybe they were raised by racist parental figures who conditioned them to hate from the time they were only a small child. And questioning that would mean questioning so much of what they always have believed was true or or what they always use as a source of empowerment. You know, othering other people was taught to them as a way to feel like they were good enough. The point is no matter what, there's always wounds behind people's loveless behavior. This stuff is taught. It is not essentially who they are. Deep down inside All of us is our higher selves, who we are beyond our conditioning. We are all worthy of love, safety, abundance, care, and compassion. And I think what happens for us similarly to people who lack compassion for for people who are houseless or poor because they don't want to see themselves in those people, I think sometimes we do that with people who are struggling with being compassionate, right? We don't want to see ourselves in people that are being hateful. We don't want to see ourselves in people that are being judgmental or mean or cruel because we don't want to think that we're capable of that. So we kind of dehumanize them too, you know? We judge them. We belittle them. We make 
make it seem like we're somehow better than them. And we get trapped in that. So that's where our compassion ends. But this practice of compassion isn't for some people and not for others. All it is, is is seeing through the conditioning to everybody's essential nature, everybody's higher self. And that is the only way that we're going to change things is when we affirm that in everybody. We call out loveless behavior by appealing to everybody's wholeness. And one of the things I've learned with doing this work is it's much easier to get people to see things from a different perspective when you affirm and validate their own experience. Now, there, of course, there's going to be people who don't want to hear it, um, who are so walled up that it doesn't matter what you say. But there are a lot of people who are able to change, see things in new ways. Um, but they need a little help and they need a little compassion to get there. You know, one time my phone was stolen when I was in Berlin and under the most wild circumstance, it was, it was, I was totally like tricked by this, um, woman who was begging for money, but it's kind of a long story, but basically she ended up taking up my phone. I realized she stole it. I kind of chased her down this, this block. It was very dark. It was at night. It was very late at night because I really needed my cell phone because I was in Europe and you know, I needed my phone. And we turned this corner and I'm like, please give me back my phone. And she just lifts up her entire dress and reveals her naked body underneath, kind of saying like, I don't have your phone. And it was so intense and so shocking of an experience. I was, I was, I did not expect that at all, that I got really tongue-tied and I kind of just froze. And there was this other woman with her um, around the corner too. And, and, and I all of a sudden felt just, you know, frozen. And then my friend followed me who had been with me when my phone got stolen. It was just kind of like, very who didn't see this happening and was very confidently just like give us give us back the phone or something and for some reason the other lady her friend just handed us back the phone and I remember that night I got back to the apartment and I was just kind of extremely shaken by the entire experience and I could recognize that I felt very unsafe and traumatized by that experience but I also recognize that whatever circumstance brought that person to feel like that was what she needed to do to have my cell phone was something I could not possibly understand and I was so privileged that I wouldn't most likely ever have to understand that so both things can exist you can feel unsafe in certain situations and still feel like compassion needs to be brought to this situation. And I, and I definitely think that that's how you feel about it. And you, and you're trying to bring that into the Slack conversation. And, and it's so beautiful that you're trying to do that. 
But I think it's also important for you to maintain a sense of emotional safety. So if the avenue of advocating for houseless people is your Slack channel with um, neighbors who are being abusive or being aggressive and and stuff like that is is making you feel horrible, is, is traumatizing you or, or making you feel unsafe, that's valid too. And you, there are other avenues of using your actionable love, using your compassion to helping these people in other ways that feel community supported, whether that's, you know, joining a group that helps advocate for this or donating or raising money or, in, or all of those sort of circumstances. I think that that could help you feel like you are part of the solution rather than you know, just witnessing this aggressive behavior. And it can also be an avenue to get other neighbors involved. You know, you could say, I'm actually part of this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. Anybody who wants to join me, please join. You know, so finding your groove in terms of the form in which you give love to a situation, finding the environments that actually enable that to grow rather than to um, be re-traumatized by people's lovelessness. Finding spaces where you feel emotionally safe so that you can sustain this path to your higher self so that you can keep going. You can stay in that light. These are sort of the, the artistry of love the artistry of the guidance of our higher selves. It's like, there is no one path. There is no one solution. It's, it's, it's letting love guide your choices. So if going on the Slack channel is actually making you a less compassionate person, (laughs) which is understandable because it's just so, it's just so hard to stay in that frame, then, then you, then you make a boundary and you, Share your love in, in other ways, in other spaces. If it is the place where you feel like this is where I'm most needed and I can handle this, then by all means, keep doing it. But I'm really, really glad that you're there. And I know that there are a lot of people who feel that same way as you. So how can you empower that, right? All right, babe. I hope that that helps. There's never an easy way to deal with this stuff. And I wish that our leaders and politicians would talk a lot more about poverty, a lot more about mental health crisis, about a lot about how people who are desperate are forced to do desperate things. And so much still needs to change. All right, babe, sending you so much love. Take care. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. 
We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. You know, sometimes there just isn't an easy answer to a very difficult situation. And we do our best. We do our best. And we acknowledge that we can't control other people's behavior. But what we can do is is give a voice to love. That's what we can do. And it really, really makes a difference. And being able to do that means sustaining it with environments and choices that keep you in that that awareness. So it's also taking care of yourself. That's a very important part of that journey. A lot of people who are activists, who are empaths, who care so deeply about the suffering of others, they get so burnt out. They get so hurt because they oftentimes don't have boundaries around the work. You know, it's like we want to check the news because we care about the news, but is that actually helping me to help the world? Or is it just traumatizing me and hurting me? What's going to keep me in the light? We know that there's suffering. We know there's loveless behavior. We know that people are wounded. How do I show up with love? How do I affirm everybody's worth? What does that look like for me? All right, babes, I am wishing you all the best. I hope that you stay in the light as much as you can. Give yourself so much grace and patience with your journey and just be really nice to yourself because that actually really helps sustain the journey. No shaming, no judgment, just compassion, encouragement, nurturing. All right, babes, I love you and so does your higher self. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.